Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And here we are bringing you another episode of Legally Sound Smart Business, number 100, 100th episode. I think we're a little bit past that, but... Uh, 100... <laughs> Uh, what is this? Hundred some episode. One hundred thirteen. So, oh, one thirteen. I got excited for a second. I thought we were at a hundred. Yeah. Well, I guess if we can count backwards. Maybe if we subtract thirteen episodes from now, we'll go go in reverse and get back down to zero. That would be so confusing. Yeah. Uh. Well, speaking of confusing, we're going to talk about the life of Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> I never have any planned lead-ins, but. I guess that one kind of made sense. Uh, but not surprisingly, she's in the news again for something bad. Uh, this time, it is she's getting alleged of stealing a business idea. I guess she had a joint venture. Her, and I believe her brother was involved too, and then a friend of her brother's were in this joint venture to develop this shopping app. I think fashion app, if there's a difference. Fashion app. Yeah. Revolutionized users shopping experiences. So whatever that means. But <laughs> anyways, so they had the idea. I assume Lindsay Lohan was only involved for name purposes only because I don't know why you would choose her as a any sort of business partner. But basically they had this deal or this joint venture with her brother's friend. And I guess eventually she just kind of, you know, stole his idea and ran off with it. And now he has just filed in Manhattan Supreme Court for $60 million for her theft of his, his business idea. So yeah, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Well, they also allege that she signed a couple of contracts, one including a confidentiality and non-compete. She agreed to somehow be a spokesperson of some sort to this thing. And so the app that they're working on uses some kind of image recognition technology that allows users to basically identify clothing or accessories and photographs or social media feeds, which I swear sounds very familiar to what's that show? I don't know. My wife loves that show. I forget what it's called. The uh, big bang theory. And that girl in there came up with an app idea where you take a picture of shoes and it'll automatically tell you like where it's from or something, but kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Not to get too distracted with that. The <laughs> the this other app, which is what's the name? It's Vigme or hers is V I G M E Vigme. I don't know how you would pronounce okay. it. I don't know what that even means either, but Yeah. So of course, you know, they're responding that the two apps aren't clones, that the suit's meritless, of course, and that's their defense. But I think the focus is gonna be on these actual written contracts because there's so many app clones of different games and so forth of each other. And a lot of times we've talked about this in the past is from an intellectual property perspective, the only thing that you can really rely on is trademark and copyright and trademark in the sense that it may have some likelihood of confusion of affiliation and then copyright if you're actually copying images and so forth. But then the business process and so forth the only way to protect that is through patent protection. And oftentimes with apps, because these come out so quickly that you don't have that kind of protection. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, for the actual 
legal aspect of this, I'm sure even their original idea was very similar to a bunch of other apps that are already out there. I'm not going to begin to try to figure out what her app actually does specifically, but I'm sure this isn't the first shopping or fashion style app that's out there. So it's, and from that aspect, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to prove that she copied it or stole it. But if there's actual documentation of this, that'll be a little bit easier. And I don't get why they're suing for $60 million. Seems a little bit high. Or randomly chosen. But that's what happens with those lawsuits. I mean, you just pick a number and then see where it falls or damages. But yeah, so this agreement is understood to have included a non-compete and a confidentiality clause that was some kind of, quote, self-destruct clause, like kind of Inspector Gadget style, if Lindsay failed to promote the site and be involved in the business side of the project. You know, what's funny with working with these celebrities, and this is what you, would, you wouldn't think, but as much of celebrities having so many people around them to protect them both on a professional level, but especially on a legal level, you'd be surprised as to how much that really doesn't really mean anything in the sense celebrities just like other people sign stupid contracts all the time and breach them all the time just like anyone else and so i wouldn't be surprised if this non-compete and confidentiality clause is in there is enforceable but they went ahead and and did it anyway it's that's not uncommon i think yeah i don't think she really thinks about anything she does so i wouldn't be surprised if it was enforceable and she just ignored it so and i don't really have a good faith in their legal team anyway i don't know what's come up with this case but so grand theft auto 4 came out i don't know last december and on the cover and some of the other material there's this graphic of a woman who's blonde and i guess white and so somehow Lindsay lohan thinks that is an image of her so they sued rockstar games to I think the actual cause of action is use of likeness of Lindsay Lohan or affiliation, et cetera, without their consent. And if you take the pictures side by side, it I have no idea what she's talking about. Like the only thing that's in common is that it's a woman because even Lindsay Lohan, I don't think is blonde anyway. So it's yeah. such a weird, weird lawsuit. Yeah, they actually, I'm looking at what you're talking about right now. It doesn't look like her. And the best part is there's another picture of the actual woman that they oh, modeled really? the, the <laughs> image off of. And she's standing in front of it. And it looks exactly like her. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, I have to look that up, like, too. Just click on the... Uh, it's right. It's in the story. Go down a little bit on the left side. Oh, yeah. I just searched the images. That, that's so funny. The uh, Shelby Wellender. W-E-L-I-N-D-E-R. <laughs> I mean, really, first of all, it's a cartoon, right? And so you could take any kind of generic person and make a cartoon out of them and, and somehow make it look like somebody else. But That'd be like someone suing us for our podcast logo <laughs> yeah. saying that they were... It's like, this could literally be like anyone. That's funny. Well, I hope this is the last we talk about Lindsay Lohan, but I guess we shall see. It may become like one of our recurring topics like pizza and Yelp. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> promising career but yeah very true also incredibly bad on saturday night live when she's been on but that's not honest <laughs> let me rephrase that the first couple times she was okay and then like once her career went into a tailspin she was bad on the show <laughs> i mean obviously the host ne- like don't really prepare so there's reading cue cards the whole time but she was extra bad <laughs> i s- remember from a couple she like ruined a couple sketches in my opinion that would have been good <laughs> That's coming from a big SNL fan, I guess. Very critical. 
question of the day. This is a good one. Should I take any Ebola precautions with my employees? <laughs> uh, you have no idea how funny this question is to me because our household has been dealing with Ebola for a while. Not <laughs> That sounds strange because my, <laughs> my <laughs> wife's in the public health department locally, and so she has to deal with a lot of these issues. And one thing that I've found for certain is that it doesn't matter whether you have a medical degree or not. There's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of uh, over-exaggeration and over-fear-mongering regarding this issue. But uh, it's still a good question, though, because some employers may still have to deal with it. But you guys are actually close to where a lot of the stuff initiated in the U.S. Well, yeah, obviously I was in Dallas, which is a few hours. Much closer than most people. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's not unfair <laughs> to say. I realize that Houston and Dallas aren't like <laughs> next door to each other, but and, yeah. I mean, compared to where like I am at, for example, it's a big difference, but you seem like you're, I don't know if you're the right person to answer this question. You seem like you're downplaying <laughs> the situation, which maybe employers should do. You reminded me of, I have a friend and that's, I mean, he's from the States, but he's living in Nairobi right now in Kenya, which is in East Africa. And people keep asking him, like, oh, are you okay? And, like, of course, the response is that basically New York is closer to West Africa where Ebola is prominent than Nairobi is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. In fact, I think it was Rwanda that was actually starting to screen all the passengers that were coming from the United States to Rwanda which I think is very ironic and funny. Yeah, I've never been concerned about this Ebola breakout, but I'm sure that some businesses have employees that are concerned about it, especially if you're in tight quarters. I could see a situation where you're next to somebody and they might just have like a common cold because it's elevated temperature, right? That's kind of how things start off. And so they're just kind of looking at them and get concerned. (laughs) And I'm sure this has happened. I can almost guarantee it's happened with businesses because people get worried about this stuff, especially when there's outbreaks like this. I don't know if you watch The Walking Dead, do you? No. Okay. So not to give anything away, I'm not, is that when you're bit, of course, you turn into a zombie or a walker. And one of the first symptoms, though, however, is a fever. So I'd be just as scared as Ebola as turning into a zombie as well. So That's a concern that you should have in your workplace. But the real question is, if there's at risk, right, if you have people maybe traveling from Liberia or Nigeria, et cetera, other affected countries, then perhaps this is a real concern to you. But to what extent as an employer can you go through to protect your employees? Because doing, for example, medical examinations in general is prohibited out of your employees unless it's, you know, through limited circumstances, specifically if there's a threat of your coworkers health. And so it could be a good idea to go through those screenings, but at the same time I would pay attention to the CDC guidelines and that's what's going to legally protect you going overboard either way, whether ignoring the issue altogether to the extent of, you know, going overboard and, you know, screening every person that comes in even if they have no risk of contracting it, also could open yourself up to liability. I mean, just take the doctor in New Jersey that's being quarantined right now. Obviously, that's a politicized issue. That wasn't a recommendation of the CDC, but they went a little bit more restrictive. And now the New Jersey state's going to be wrapped up into a lawsuit because of it. You know, again, that's politicized, but just take that into consideration with as an employer and the objective of protecting your employees, I would just follow the guidelines and 
play it safe that way. That's a good point too, is you know, don't go overboard with it. I don't know if there's anything that you should be doing that you wouldn't already have been doing in the first place, if that makes sense. True. So yeah. I, I guess my answer is just do the right things that assuming you were doing the right things before. Yeah. Very specific answer. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. You're all good. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But I mean, hey, you never know this podcast right now could become more and more relevant if we have another out, you know, small little outbreak, you know, people start getting a little bit more. So I guess we should take it semi-seriously. I mean, right now, as of today, we're coming closer and closer to that 21 day mark in New York. We've already passed it in Dallas. So hopefully things calm down and, and there's some good news coming out of West Africa too, but it's still a huge problem, obviously, but things are starting to it a little bit better i'm glad we ended that on a very high note more serious note <laughs> yeah especially after i read the question off you just laughed like <laughs> ebola wasn't even real <laughs> yeah that's true i don't know well it's my anecdotal experience right now that's affecting my judgment but for sure yeah. but, but by the way ebola is not the only issue even in the workplace i mean we the h1n1 flu virus is also very uh it's in fact more contagious it's not deadly as deadly at least but that's probably a greater risk of contracting. And that goes with any kind of flu. I mean, how many times it happens in schools, it happens in offices where one person gets sick and everyone gets sick. And that's why I think we've talked about in the past, you know, having sick day periods is an important process of efficiency in the workplace, not only for your employee's sake, but for the employer's sake of making sure that half your workforce isn't sick, <laughs> you know, because you yeah. didn't send them home. Getting right into that season, so. Say boo to the flu. Okay, thanks for joining us on our 100th episode, plus 13. 100 plus 13, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, and as always, keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.